welcome to Conversations With. My name is Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with Bipolar 2 Disorder. Sharing with others is healing both individually and collectively. Sharing our stories will educate others, bring more understanding, shed more light and smash more stigma. Our voices need to be heard. Our stories aren't over yet. This is Bipolar. Hi everyone and welcome back to This is Bipolar. If you haven't heard and it's your first time tuning in, my name is Shaylee Hugendorn. I am a mental health advocate. I am a mom. I am a wife and I live with Bipolar 2 Disorder. I am coming to you from the unceded territory of the Kwantlen and Katsi peoples, which is also known as Port Coquitlam in British Columbia, Canada. And I'm really, really excited for um, my guest today. We had put out um, submissions and uh, Phoebe uh, answered the submissions and I'm really excited for her to come on here and tell her story. For those of you asking, we open submissions um, so far once, but a couple of times a year because we get an overwhelming response. So watch for those if you ever wanna tell your story. So let's get into it. Phoebe, tell us about you. I'd love to hear just where you are in the world, who you are and what you, are doing right now um so yeah I'm Phoebe uh I live in London I'm yeah from the UK mm -hmm. I'm a full-time student um and I live with bipolar one mm -hmm. uh, I was diagnosed when I was 21 uh but I've lived with it longer yeah yeah and I'd love to hear just starting off what when did you notice something was different or tell me um you know even if you want to just start in your childhood or wherever you noticed what were you like and when did you um notice that maybe maybe something else was going on that wasn't going on with others um yeah so I suppose I kind of first started struggling when I was 13 um I first experienced um some depression mm. uh I kind of withdrew mm. I did lost enjoyment for things um and just didn't really feel like myself mm. um but back and forth between just one second you told oh. you froze it froze oh, no. that's okay that's okay <laughs> we'll start we'll start from um so you said when you were 13 and you talked about um the starting with the depression so mm -hmm. maybe I'll cut it off at where you say it started off with depression and I was feeling um this and then the next one and then if it freezes again I'll try to um I'll try to say it in the chat but don't worry I'll take this chunk out so maybe start with um you're 13 you were starting to tell me some of the um experiences I think you said you were withdrawing um so maybe let's start from there maybe tell a few more symptoms and then I'll know where to cut it okay okay um so yeah it's 
challenge with uh, depression. Like many people on here, it kind of went in and out. I went through withdrawal from things I enjoyed, withdrawal from social situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly I got back to normal and I forgot about it. Mm. Uh, and then it wasn't until much later when I was 21 Mm. uh, where that was when I was officially diagnosed where I had my first manic episode but I think from when I was quite young so 13 that was when I really knew something was a bit different yeah so um in the UK when you're 13 um what grade are you in or is it high school or where were you at um in your in your school life there uh so I think the equivalent would be high school high school so in the UK it's called uh secondary school or high school actually okay um, but yeah so I would have been in my third year of high school okay okay and so um did you was it so you were already in in high school for three years so there wasn't a big change just out of nowhere you just became um um, depressed were you able to get out of bed and go to school um and just numb or were you missing a lot of school I'm curious about that just because we have a lot of um parents listening and sometimes therapists and it's really hard to know what to look for. And I know my parents struggled because we have teenage hormones coming in and we have so many changes that I know my parents just thought, oh, you know, this is becoming a teenager. This is puberty. So if you could tell us a little bit um, more about what that might have looked like on the outside to parents or friends, that would be awesome. Yeah. um, So I, I kind of, I, it started off quite like, on a small scale so Mm -hmm. withdrawing um just feeling numb just feeling low in mood Mm. uh becoming quieter than usual not enjoying things that I used to enjoy um and I don't think anyone really noticed uh and I don't think I noticed either really it just happened yeah um and then it more got to a point where I'd feel tearful so it wasn't too severe, but I would feel tearful at the slightest thing. Mm. I remember, um, you know, my parents actually getting quite worried, uh, mm. thinking that I, I never missed school. Okay. But my grades started to dip slightly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people in my family started picking up that something wasn't quite right 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 so yeah and how about how do you, can you think about around how long that lasted was it a couple months weeks a year um so it started off in um for about I'd say five months okay and then the whole kind of episode actually lasted about 11 months Wow. Wow. And so once you, once you came out of that, did you notice it was gradual or was it kind of like, boom, uh, just a switch? It was just a switch. It was amazing. Like one day it was just gone. Yeah. And I can't tell you what happened in my brain. 
it yeah. just happened yeah it was ridiculous <laughs> yeah um yeah I totally understand that I'm very I used to be um before treatment and and medication and such it would literally be end of April May within the same week every year it was just like from one to the other uh, wow. and then slowly build so um after that before um 21 like you mentioned did you notice any um you know even minor dips or ups or anything like that before the full-blown mania you're talking about yeah so I looking back um and I've looked back with my doctor um we've kind of had discussions about what yeah. I might have experienced when I was a teenager um we actually looked back and and we've come to the conclusion that I experienced quite a few uh what are called and I'm sure you'll know and a lot of listeners will know uh mixed episodes yes um so mixed episodes were quite frequent when I was a teenager uh I would you know be half manic half depressed Mm -hmm. and that got me into some quite sticky situations Mm. um and I actually ended up in hospital at one point yeah um I was quite unwell um but it never got picked up the bipolar yeah 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 well and I think too I think um and I am not a sciencey person I'm an artsy person so but I think there was this this idea that um usually it comes out really um much on a bigger scale in in 20s but I've interviewed several several people where and read books where it's it's much younger and I actually even heard that many in girls many girls are um diagnosed with ADHD and then and then getting bipolar later so I'm I'm curious about that could you um before you were hospitalized do you remember, like, can you explain the mixed episodes a little bit more? Because I'm, uh, I'm not sure I've experienced that. I'm looking back because the other two, the mania and the hypomania were so, uh, you know, extreme um, that uh, I'm trying to understand what a mixed episode actually looks like in someone's life. And then maybe what it feels like in a day or in a week I'd love to hear a little bit more description about that for our people yeah so um for me everyone's experience is different but for me a mixed episode was like being excited happy exhilarated with the world but at the same time feeling like you you're inadequate you're worthless you feel guilty Mm. it was it's highly confusing it's stressful um I really struggled with anxiety Mm. um these would last you know months at a time um but a typical day would be you know waking up and then feeling so much energy like Mm. that you you can't sleep anymore you have to get out of bed but at the same time not wanting to get out of bed because you're so scared of the world Mm, yeah wanting to not go and do your like normal activities like not go to school 
not do um, your, you know, extracurricular activities, but at the same time have so much energy that you're like almost burning up. I remember almost feeling like hot. That's how much energy I had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And did you have, did you find um, that your uh, senses were heightened? Like you said, you felt hot. Uh, I remember that anxiety, like I was hot or cold, or I had to, like, I never felt fully comfortable in my body. So I was always trying to do things to make it better. And I remember like, I'd blankets and, and, and sweaters. And then like, I'd overdo it one way and then undo it the other way. Did you notice any other sensory things? And I remember certain when I'm really anxious foods make me nauseous, but I'm hungry and it's, it's very confusing. Did you experience any other sensory things? Yeah, I would say when I'm in an episode, my senses are heightened. So I can, senses of smell are stronger colors are brighter sounds are clearer um I listen to music in a totally different way oh Um, tell me about that that's cute yeah it's quite it's quite weird but um so basically whenever I'm in an episode Mm. I can hear music in a different way Mm. so that's always almost like an early warning sign where I balance you know where I am on the scale uh it's quite a good way to check that I'm I'm stable I'm okay yeah um but yeah I music when I'm manic music is like the best thing in the world Mm. and yeah it's absolutely beautiful and I can hear every note and I feel like it's like a greater message and the song is written for me yeah and when I'm depressed the notes are like is you know I have to turn the volume up because I can't I struggle to hear um it's really it's it's such a weird thing but I've spoken to other people with bipolar and so many people have actually said the same thing that music is like changed yeah an episode I can relate so much I remember um I wasn't in the hospital hospital I went to this place that was like I could come and go if I wanted or it was a called short uh, stay treatment place um, to go off one med and on another anyways I was for some reason it was like in the mania I was thinking about all the things in my past right and then folks if you listen to the other um, other podcasts you'll hear about I had a major um, breakup but this is years later that I haven't thought about it or whatever, but I was thinking about my brain was just telling me about all the like failures or hard things. And I remember I got onto this one song and I remember it was like jar of hearts. And it was like about breaking hearts. Cause uh, uh, it was my fiance at the time. And he left, like literally just left and went to another country and it was done. Um, and uh, I just remember, I was like, this was, I literally thought it was written for me. And then I like made this jar and I put all my heartbreak in it. And then when I got, when I left the place, I remember like my husband, I'm like, I need to throw it into the ocean and all these things. And I just couldn't stop listening, listening to this song. And some of these, and when I've told people, because I'm so like, I want, I'm like, listen to this song. And then I'm like, so disappointed that they're like, 
cool song. I'm like, no, this is like a life changing <laughs> song. And then when I was better, I'd be like so embarrassed, right? I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, it's it's a beautiful song, but I I don't think this person wrote it specifically for me. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's another thing about that you just described really well about I experience hypomania, but um, I've heard with mania as well that the, you can find the deepest meaning in anything and everything. Did you find yeah. that to be true? Yes. Um, I actually have quite a funny story about yes, this. Tell me. So um, my first manic episode uh, when I was 21, mm. um, it's kind of, it, it, had, it had built weeks kind of of hypomania and not people not knowing really what was going on with me. Yeah. Um, but one day I had woken up and I had, long story short, I had decided to rearrange my bookcase into rainbow colours because I had thought this was like, you know, what I had to do yeah. at that time. Um, and I had taken all my science books um, uh, and for the listeners out there, I mean, I'm... I'm a chemistry student so okay. I had quite a few science uh books and so I took them all out and I piled them up and I I started circling every single tried to circle every single word beginning with s just okay. because I yeah. thought this was um you know I was going to crack some case like yeah. crack a, a code or something. a code yeah and to this day, I still have the science books. And when I'm trying to read through them, I have to kind of oh, skip no. through the S's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're still you, circled. I can imagine they're, I don't know about there, but it, those those textbooks are really expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to buy another one. Yeah, I think what people don't understand, I mean, because we have bipolar, like we can laugh at ourselves, but I don't think people understand that how driven it is or it feels it doesn't feel like you cannot do the thing I remember I read I don't it was a meme or something and it said um mania isn't a suggestion it's an order like it feels like this is all you can do and this is what you're supposed to do and usually there's some kind of um feeling like it could change the world or you know something that the rest of the world doesn't know so the hard thing is is when some people that love you try to tell you I don't know about you but I just think yeah they just aren't special or they just don't know or they're just not um did you experience that yeah well like you know totally um it, it's really hard to reason with someone in an episode for that reason um you know I feel I feel so much, um, you know, uh, love for my family who have stuck with me through yeah. times where I had been impossible to reason with, yeah. but they had, they have still done it. And, um, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I find that I like, I just love everyone. Like I'll just like I'd see someone at the grocery store and they'd be I'd try and picture what they were buying you know why were they were buying this and I was just like oh that's so lovely and I'm like they're buying bread 
right? Like I just, <laughs> everything. And I don't know, have you seen um, Anne Hathaway's in it? I think it's an episode of Modern Love. Uh, did I have. you see that? Yeah, when she's yeah. in the grocery store. And I was like, oh, normally I'm very skeptical of um, how people that live with bipolar disorder are shown on TV. And I just thought it was a beautiful representat representation because it feels like the musical part where the grocery store where, um, you know, the colors and the brightness, it is that extreme. Like it really is. And it's so hard to explain to people. And I think like the depression part is a little bit um, more of a, a, I don't want to say common experience, but more, I feel like it's more um, understood. And so because I have hypomania and it wouldn't get um, so high that things, I looked excited and such, but it just looked like I was having a good week or I was getting lots done. And so the worst was I would be praised, right? Like, oh, I wish I could get so much done. Or maybe someone was like, your bookcase looks beautiful. And so it kind of reinforces that this is, that I'm awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then yeah. until I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you experience um, when you had, so was this your highest manic episode when you were 21? Was this um, yeah. How long did it last until lead me up to how long did it last until you needed help? Or was there something you did or an incident where it was just like, this is enough. And did you realize yourself or was it someone else that noticed? Ah, uh, yeah. Good question. Um, so yeah, so it was in May, 2021. Wow. So recent very recent and I had for the last three weeks uh become ha my behavior had become more and more strange yeah. um I had stopped going to college stopped doing work um I had uh was laughing at anything uh, oh, wow. listening to music really loudly yeah spending loads and no one knew what was going on uh no one actually in my family knew what bipolar was including myself uh, yeah we didn't know so we just thought well my family just thought I was acting really strange um yeah. and I didn't think I was acting strangely at all no nope. I wasn't really conscious of any difference um and then one day I woke up and I was completely manic. Uh, and I actually had uh, delusions Okay. at this point. Um, so I had gone to uh, central London and uh, my behavior had been so strange that um, I was then taken to hospital and uh subsequently spent uh two months in a psychiatric hospital in London yeah. so did someone bring you there or you did something that uh someone was like this woman needs help or like how did you get from the you're doing something you don't have to uh, whatever you're comfortable telling but yeah like did you admit yourself or was it someone else um so what had happened was I um, 
I had gone into uh, a shop and okay. uh, had started, I think, dancing around or something. Okay. Uh, and then I had gone to, I went to uh, a train station and um, had, the, I think the guards had seen that I was acting a little bit odd. Um, okay. And so they came up to me. And when they came up to me and asked me if I was okay, because I was kind of dancing and yeah. just looked ecstatic. Right. Um, I said that I was waiting for someone. And when they asked who I was waiting for, I said, God. Yeah. So at that point, uh, the police were called and they took me to a hospital. Wow. Wow. And for those of um, you that are listening that don't live with bipolar, that is, it's really common to have um, uh, super spiritual experiences and sometimes even think yourself, like I've heard people think they're prophets or, or, or things like that. So, wow. Yeah. And so they were watching out for that. So do you remember um, that experience? Like what, were you scared? I know I've heard from other people that they were just like so delusional. They didn't really know what was happening. Um, if that's comfortable for you, do you remember how you felt or did it, is it just a blur? Yeah. So I'm actually like really interested in my experience, like from a scientific point of view, because okay. there are bits that I remember and then there are bits that I don't. Um, so it is really interesting to like see you know how come I didn't remember parts um but I um I I remember quite a lot um I remember everything even though I look back now it was completely illogical yep I at the time I can remember it being so true and making so much sense so I remember that feeling like I can remember my thought processes completely making sense. Uh, nothing was out of the ordinary. Um, you know, there was, it, it made total sense to go and meet God at a train yeah. station in yeah. London. Um, <laughs> it was just like totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> and like, no yeah. problem. We're meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember, I do remember like a bit of, you know, quite a lot about being in the hospital. Um, I remember I was a complete nightmare for the nurses. Mm-hmm. Like I would run around and when they asked me, what are you doing, Phoebe? I'd say, I'm training for the Olympics. And I would be turning the lights on and off, on and off um, yeah. for like 10 minutes straight, annoying everyone. Uh, I had so much energy. I was just so bouncy. Um, I was everyone's friend. I was just shrieking. And um, at dinner, when we'd have dinner in the hospital, um, I would like stand up and shout, I'm the hottest one here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you feel like it? You're like, look at me. It's It's the weirdest feeling, especially when you also uh, experience depression, when you think that you are the worst burden ever to going from like 
man, I'm awesome. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. And, you know, we can laugh because we experience these things, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, and so, yeah, you must have been like really, really like up and high. Um, what was the, um, exp yeah, I'd love to hear more about that experience because I've heard about people that have had like horrible experiences and some people have, you know, a lot of people, even though they had horrible experiences, talked about it saving their life. And then some people, you know, had had good experiences. And I always say this, even unfortunately, sometimes that is the only option. And so I just want to say there is no shame in going and I don't know about there, but in Canada, there doesn't seem to be an in between, right? You either are on a huge waiting list to see a psychiatrist, or you see your general practitioner, and they try and get you a specialist, or you go to emerge, there's no like middle like, I'm like, I'm, I'm not suicidal, but something's not okay. And so I just want to encourage people if this the type of things that Phoebe is describing um, and you need to go to the hospital there is no shame because I would rather um, you be alive and or find out why um, then then not go so anyways that's my spiel because I know that there's just so much shame and stigma around that but it really it really does save save people's lives right so I'd love to hear um, more of your experiences um, obviously in uh, a psych ward they try and figure things out and or get you on medication do you see like a psychiatrist right away or do they observe you for a bit uh, uh, how does that work if you know or if you remember um yeah so I actually had um I've had very negative experiences of hospitals, okay. but this one was actually very positive. And okay. I'm really, really grateful for all the nurses that cared for me and doctors um, and healthcare assistants during that time. They're absolutely amazing. Wow. Um, they treated me with compassion and dignity, and I just can't thank them enough um so in the UK it's I don't know if it's a bit different to Canada yeah. um but I think if you're like acutely unwell yeah um you tend to be called something uh called sectioned okay where yeah. you basically can't leave the hospital yes um so that had happened to me um and it only lasts for like a, sh a certain amount of time so okay. you can leave once you're better um but um I because I was so un acutely unwell yeah I didn't really understand that I was in hospital okay so I I didn't want to be there or didn't really understand that I was there yeah um and I remember I thought I was on a film set or um, in Africa for some reason. Okay. Um, I think like on holiday um, or Spain somewhere. <laughs> wow. Um, so I was just like going around not even knowing it was a hospital. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think because I was acutely unwell, uh, I wasn't, I, I didn't see my doctor that often. Okay. Um, because I was literally just bouncing around the walls. I was yeah. tapping like on people's heads going ping, ping. Wow. <laughs> um, so I was more like observation, uh, okay. certainly at the beginning. Uh, so, you know, they would observe how I was doing, feedback to the doctor, um it was kind of from the beginning I think they knew it was bipolar okay uh because I have this vivid memory which I'm not too sure happened but it probably did but I was in the emergency department um and I remember hearing this woman who had just assessed me her voice going it could be bipolar okay and to my parents and I just remember that like so clearly uh and it wasn't until I was discharged after hospital where I was you know back to normal where they sat me down and they said we think you got bipolar okay Um, yeah so it wasn't till a few months after I was actually discharged from hospital when I was diagnosed okay okay and so wow so it's not your experiences it's they I don't know I, that makes total sense to me that they would observe first before just medicating and medicating right away right because when um you know generally from what I've heard and from what I experienced when you're that high up they have to get you get you down but um yeah otherwise they wouldn't know right if you just get everyone down immediately then uh because a lot of psychiatric disorders kind of overlap um trying to figure out exactly what it is especially if um if you had no no clue or uh you know never thinking anything was wrong like I knew like I had tried to get diagnoses of something else before so uh you know it it the process was a little bit quicker um, just because like I had written down things and my husband had or whatever but so I'm so curious about that experience because it's so different um so when did you start to realize that you were there right that you weren't on your film set that you were there um was it once you got medication was there kind of a switch tell me about that yeah so um quite quickly uh they they kind of you know they they want to get you better as soon as possible yeah um so I was started on uh some medication yeah that they they knew probably would help yeah um so but that that takes time to work yes I know especially if you've never taken it before yeah so uh I was put on this medication and I took a few weeks I think for me to start coming down but like slowly and surely I did it um and I think it was around a month into my stay at the hospital when I kind of started thinking ah I think I'm in hospital I think I've got myself into a situation here yeah 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 wow wow and so then um 
once you started to realize things, did you like kind of fight it or did you um, co start to cooperate once the meds started working? I certainly, um, because I was so high, I, I was so like, you know, I actually like, it sounds really weird, but I was actually so happy about everything that yeah. I actually enjoyed my time in the hospital. Yeah. Like to me, the food tasted amazing. Wow. Uh, there was like, you know, loads of fun activities to do, even though there wasn't. Right. But in my head, it was fun. Yeah. Um, but when the medication started, yeah. I suddenly was like, oh my God, I don't want to be here. Yeah, where um, am I? And that was the most difficult part was where I was still not well enough to leave. Yeah. But I had to stay and get better, but yeah. I did not want to be there. Yeah. So yeah. I'd say that was the hardest part. But yeah, it it was definitely a weird experience. Yeah, yeah. So is it like what they see on TV? Like, is there little art classes or do you know what I mean? I'm always curious because it always seems like there's like, I don't know, like group therapy or like, like, is there that or is there mostly, you know, do they give you journals? Like what I know when I'm manic, like I are hypomanic, I can't sit still or, you know, I pace or, or whatever, what would, what would your days be filled with? Or do you just not remember because things were just all over the place? Um, yeah. So I actually remember, you know, bits, um, my days like really consisted of I had my phone with me which okay you're allowed wow yeah and which, social media perhaps, are you allowed to have social media yeah oh that's actually, scary that's that perhaps you know I think a lot of people will be divided on whether that's a good idea yeah I certainly now I have like a, a hospital plan so for okay. if I'm ever ill again um I'm not allowed social media and I've yeah I've decided that because I did just like go on social media and just talk about just random things and yeah, yeah. you know when you're in that manic kind of hypermanic phase you're just like texting sending yeah. people messages non-stop yeah. yeah but I did have my phone um and so I had my music and headphones and I'd yeah. I'd just walk around or run around listening to songs non-stop and wow. dance and like I was just like non-stop party in my head yeah um, yeah wow because that could be I can see the phone thing for connection right yeah but I'm surprised about I think I would be the same as you with the social media because there was only um and when I went like I had a flip phone like <laughs> this was 2010 y'all I, <laughs> I didn't grow up with so um but I just remember my husband bringing it at one point so I could call like my family. But um, just before I went in, there was this one Facebook post where like there weren't even like words, right? <laughs> so luckily there weren't even words because what I was trying to say, it would have been humiliating because I would be, it would be like a week and a half till I realized that I did it. And going back to the, 
the ex-boyfriend thing that was years before. And like, I didn't care anymore. And it actually was the best thing that could have happened. We were terrible. Um, but uh, I sent this huge note about like, and he didn't give a crap probably, right? But I uh, like how I forgave him, right? This is so much later and I read it and I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember he wrote back like, yeah, no worries. Like it was like meant nothing. <laughs> And so that's kind of scary, especially too, when you think that I can imagine that um, some people, when you think you're really hot or something like, what if you took pictures or, or put that out there? So I think that I would agree with you with that. It's almost like, can you find a way that the phone is just to call certain people? Like, do you know what I mean? Like be able to take off uh, Wi-Fi and only have texting or whatever. That's so interesting. So when you were finite, like when you got out and when you were stabilizing and stuff, did you have to go and like take a bunch down or did you have to go and be like, was it embarrassing? Tell me about that. I'm so curious. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it was really, really awkward. um I'm actually really grateful I have a great bunch of friends who were really understanding and you know it it wasn't the end of the world but I had you know posted the weirdest things online yeah um and I think that almost made you know when you come out of an episode there's always a crash yep that made the crash worse you know, realizing what you've done. It's like the pieces that you have to put back together. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear you with that. So when did you, were you open to your diagnosis or was it terrifying for you? Were you like, no, this can't be true. What was your um, initial kind of reaction the months after? Um, well, uh, I was actually, when I was first diagnosed, it was a shock. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anything about bipolar. Yeah. I had this kind of ideas before uh, where it was like someone who was dangerous, someone who was uh, really scary. Yeah. Someone who was like a bad person um you know so many depictions in tv that I had seen that was like my only idea of what I had just been diagnosed with um but when I like read books about it and actually like educated myself it actually became a relief because it was something that explained what I had gone through since the age of 13 yeah um yeah I'd be interested to hear what your kind of yeah your diagnosis was yeah so it was really weird that they never actually said the word when I was in the place so it was like and I don't know if that was me not hearing it um I think my husband said at one point they kind of met um said it but they had they said mood disorder a lot And so um, I don't exactly remember how I found out the word word, but like you terrified, 
because this, you know, it's considered one of the more severe and serious illnesses, one of the more scary, usually, um, you know, on TV criminal, or um, I had small children at the time. And generally, you see, and still to this day, like I can watch a show, and it's like, the mom starts stacked erratic, usually they paint, or they are some kind of artist and ditch their children for art or a relationship. And then I start to think and then you find out they're bipolar, right? So I'm like, started to question if I was going to be a good mother or not. But like, I, I had known for so long, that there was something wrong. And I kept getting diagnosed with depression or anxiety. And in fact, the anxiety, depression, make uh, medicine actually induced the major mania for me. So um, yeah, that whole relief yet uh, also terrified, right? And mostly because of what people would think. So I used mood disorder for a long time. I used depression, anxiety, it probably took. um, And of course, I did it public because I like public speaking, but um, till I like owned the word bipolar, right? Um, Just because I was so sensitive that you could sometimes see the shock in people's eyes, right? Or I was tired of getting the um, people think it's a kind thing to say, but say, I would have never guessed or you don't seem. And that just tells me that that people do uh, have stereotypes and judgments, right? And I just, I was dealing with enough (laughs) to stay float and um, continue all, all of my obligations and such. So so yeah, both, both end. And um, I think, like you said, the crash, and I think that was when I had the most mi- mixed episodes is that it takes a while because I also couldn't up the uh, mood disorder medication because I still, I was on so much medication for the anxiety and and depression that they had to balance it out. So it took like six or so months to to level out. So I would question it. Because I'm like, well, the medicine isn't working. So clearly you you got this wrong. And in fact, I went one day and I requested, apparently you can do this all my entire file. And it was like ginormous because I had talked about things before, whatever. And I do not recommend this. <laughs> um, maybe if someone you trust hadn't read it, but like it had every like erratic thing I was doing or some things that I said or whatever. And then it was it was very clear to me when I, when I read that, read that over. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely, definitely both. And so you, so clearly you had to take some time off school, right? Yeah. And so um, when were you able to go back to school and did you start with telling your closest friends? Did you keep it a secret for a while? I mean, clearly you're here. So um, you have accepted it. I think you are so brave for showing up <laughs> here. Um, tell me what that looked like for you, like the going back to school and possibly telling people. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, I, I actually um, didn't go back to school. Um, I took a year out and uh, got um, my end of year exams that we need when we go to university in the UK. Okay. Um, so no one actually, I didn't really have to go kind of do like going back. Um, okay. 
and telling people um but I I deferred my place at university so I wanted to take a year to focus on my health um and it was it was really hard actually telling my close friends because there's always going to be that like niggling back feeling in the back of your head um like are they going to be scared are they going to think I'm you know crazy or even like making things up like or are they going to trust your judgment when you're normal like not normal I hate that word I I know what you mean like stable or yeah stable yeah. yeah yeah um and but they've been amazing like I can't thank them enough and everyone's like accepted me and the thing is is that like everyone has their own problems that they have to deal in with life like I'm not the only one sometimes it feels like I'm the only one with bipolar in the world and I'm the only one who um is like experiencing the things I experience and yeah bipolar is like it's actually quite common but even if someone doesn't experience bipolar they probably have experienced some of the things that uh, I experience um and just as you like open up and tell someone I have bipolar they can open up and tell you I have this I had this all that and it's like it's actually brought me closer yeah yeah and I think too and that's where where it gets complicated um the few things you said like the understanding because it's like I want people to understand accept me but I also don't want them to say like unless they have a disorder to say oh I've experienced that right because it's on yeah then you can't experience that it's so much more severe but there's always like we all have mental health but we don't all have mental illness right exactly separating that from yourself and I I, like we wouldn't do that with other illnesses like heart disease or this like I would never or diabetes I would never say oh I've experienced a little bit of that right yeah so I think that's why it's so hard to diagnose and it's so bizarre and I try to use even though you'd probably be better at this in science I try and use some sciencey words <laughs> because to show that it's not you know because people think mood is always a choice right yeah and for us it, it's not a choice oh right? that annoys me so much <laughs> yeah right like I can't yeah I can't do the whole like you know good vibes only it's like I'm waking up <laughs> and have to fight this horrible vibe it isn't like you know you are like the one that I still I get so upset about like you are what you think so then I'm like oh, well, no. I'm screwed I'm screwed right? like, <laughs> I, and I when I really could separate it from myself and sometimes you can't because it's like who I am my personality with it but I can also know what is out of character. And I'm like, that is not a character flaw. Like you wouldn't say a broken leg is a character flaw, right? So it's just, it's just so complicated. And I related like in my gut, right? When you said like, will people uh, believe me or trust me or think I'm making things up? Because I know that, um, you know, I know, and I've actually had not close people, but someone said to me, oh, like that's your bipolar talking. And I was like, actually I'm upset about this and it is valid 
right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I have to go back and it's not a good idea or it's not this, but also people without bipolar disorder have bad ideas, right? Sometimes. Yeah. And so I, I really struggle with that. And I do a lot of over explaining. So when someone validates me or like the most beautiful phrase people can say is, oh, that's, you know, that sounds really hard or, um, yeah, just validating because it's so invalidating when, yeah. And I get that some people can't trust because when you're untreated, it's true. A lot of the things are untrustworthy. You were not going to meet God at the train station, right? But yeah, I think that, um, yeah, when when treated and when on like your your path towards trying to manage, um, you like it, you can be trusted, right? That's like a, a, a huge stigma, a huge stigma. So oh, I could talk to you forever. And in fact, we're going to record a little bit extra for some things I'll be doing um, in 2023. But I would love to end with if there is someone um, struggling right now, whether it be depression, whether it be um, hypomania, mania, and they were listening, um, what would what would be something you could say to them? um today oh uh that's a difficult question um I'd say a really cheesy one is you're not alone oh no it's one of the (laughs) biggest most comforting things I I yes there are you know so many people uh out there with bipolar uh it's actually not it, it is quite common yeah. uh I think in the UK it's around one in 50 people wow. are diagnosed yeah. with a condition um and so it's it, it's not something that you have to think that you're the only one and you're not responsible for the way you feel all the time yeah uh it's it's something that's like a brain chemical and whenever I'm affected by like depression or hypomania or mania um the thing I always try and tell myself is this is a chemical in my brain yes this is something this is an illness this is making me feel this way yeah it's not my choice and it's not my fault yeah yeah that yeah. that's so powerful right because sometimes the the shame and the embarrassment and the stigma stops us from reaching out or getting help and then people suffer for years and i that just really 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 breaks my heart and not to say that there won't be stigma and not to say that it won't be hard but i think like everyone is worth healing right? It, it is incurable and it's not, it, you know, it's not going to go away and my medicine mutes it, um, and such, but it, it can be better. And, and I just hope that if someone's listening today and you resonate with any of this, um, I hope you'll tell someone and, and reach out and, and get the help that, that you need. Oh, I forgot. So I said that would be the last one, but I lied. I wanted to hear about, um, tell me about your social media and the nonprofit. Tell us about that a bit. Oh yeah. So, um, 
<laughs> I had last year um actually no it was this year yeah <laughs> this year I set up a non-profit called High Life UK um it's a non-profit organization that spreads awareness and raises money for mental health and uh bipolar related causes yeah. um so if you'd like give it a follow <laughs> yes yes we'll put um, that all in the show notes go <laughs> go and follow and support yeah <laughs> thank you um and yeah it's it was after I got diagnosed it was just a kind of I think a way of accepting uh my diagnosis and yeah. a way of feeling like something positive could come out of it yeah um and actually like long story short hundreds more positive things have come out of the diagnosis it really isn't the only thing but it's been a fantastic way that I've met you know people with bipolar and also felt like I've been giving back so yeah that's high life I love that that's that's so amazing and also too like yeah it was it's so recent and I just admire um admire you for uh, coming forward and for coming on here right it would have taken me years so thank you thank you thank you for coming on here and making others feel feel seen and less alone thank you thank you for having me of course this is bipolar Thanks again for tuning in. You can find video versions of This Is Bipolar on our YouTube channel. We also have all our previous and soon-to-be future episodes of the podcast on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, and Google Play. We spend most of our time on Instagram at this.is.bipolar. There is a vibrant community there where we have conversations and post different ideas and different strategies and we'd just love for you to join us there. It is so helpful if you enjoy our work or think it would be helpful to someone if you could like and share and save and follow us in all or any of those spaces. If you're a listener for the podcast, if you could leave a review, we would be forever grateful. Again, thank you for being here with us. Let's get the word out. Let's share lived experiences so that we can change the ideas that people have about bipolar and help those of us that live with it feel less alone. This is bipolar.